on and yeah we're we're live i guess hell yeah so what's what's this christian um this is the the mma happy fun times podcast exactly this is where we recap everything that happened in the last card it is uh technically thursday i think for both of us so so we don't remember much but we're gonna try our best right yeah yeah we 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 don't need to have full memory of the fights it's just a recap it's just a catch just, just a, a recap recap if if we don't remember something we we'll just make it up you know yeah so as tradition because this is like the the 50th episode as all of all of our fans know we start from the bottom to the main event, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. That's been I, the I tradition know. for the last five years. Yeah. So what what fight did open the card? Tell me. Vanessa Demopoulos versus Jin Frey. It was a little bit of a robbery, I think. Yeah, I I was pretty pissed. Um, not because I'm a big Jin Frey fan, but because Demopoulos is a, a little bit annoying. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought Demopolis was gonna win, and then I was wrong, and then she still won. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty much, pretty much what happened there. Uh, I did get the impression that the commentary booth did not like Frey for some reason, like, <laughs> like they, they were like only talking about Vanessa the whole time. It was very weird. Uh, they they really do like her because she she jumped on Joe Rogan and now jumped on Bisping so that's just her thing she's like Bisping's favorite person right now. Bisping mocked the shit out of Rogan because he did not use his other hand to hold her. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. He, just one just hand. Upper body strength. <laughs> yeah. What a fucking king Bisping is. His fucking core is still crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I hope they don't cut uh, Frey. Because of this, is it? He's she's only in a in a two fight losing streak, right? I think so. I, I'm checking her topology real quick. Y- yeah, she's on a she's on a one oh, fight no. losing streak right now. She won two fights before. Okay, she, she should be should be fine. Um. So what's next for these girls? I'm I'm not sure. This is like low level strawweight. I'm not sure who else is yeah. at the moment you, over there. You can't really give either a step back because there isn't really a step back. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, Demobile is probably going to get uh, a harder fight because the UFC seems to like her. But, yeah. but not not very promising against anyone good. Yeah, then a, a more interesting fight that was very short. Uh, Mario Batista versus Brian Kelleher. I mean, Batista looks solid. Yeah. It, like, that's something that happens to Brian Kelleher. Like, he can just kind of get finished at, like that occasionally. But it's always impressive. Like, you have to be good to be able to do that. And Batista's seems to be, like, looking pretty good lately. Yeah, for sure. I mean... I mean, yeah, he, he looks solid. The grappling looked very strong. Uh, he continues to prove that MMA Lab is is still very good at at making like MMA grapplers. So so maybe maybe O'Malley doesn't suck on the ground because I mean he tapped someone in quintet. Did he? Yeah. Wow. He tapped. Did he tap fucking like? He tapped like an old Pride star, I think. Wow, I, I was that in like the UFC versus Pride versus yeah WEC yeah. that it was in thing? like 2018, I think. 2019. I did watch that. I do not remember. Did did he got him in a in a guillotine? I I think it was a leg lock. Oh wow, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, MMA lab guys are very solid on the ground, and and now they have like three like like guys that exist 
at Bantamweight. They have Batista, they have... Uh, what's the Matrix guy name? I, I have no idea. Uh, Kyler Phillips. and Oh, yeah. And they have O'Malley. So, so yeah, I mean, the, the camp is doing good. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Bautista can, can mix it up with someone. I mean, he can get, like... Who would you match him against? Davy like, Grant. I would... I would think exactly Davy Grant. I think Davy Grant probably deserves to like uh, step up, but if they're not giving him, um, that fight sounds very good, actually. Yeah, and then Kelleher is, should go to Bellator and be like the fifth ranked guy in the world. You think it's time for Kelleher to leave? Like, yeah, like he doesn't really have that much left to do. I don't think. I mean, yeah, the UFC is probably going to use him to boost guys at this point. And, yeah, and I like Gallagher, so I, I don't want to watch him, like, losing to to a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that would be fine. So, yeah, I mean, then we moved down to flyweight. It was Durden versus JP Base, <laughs> and Base having, like, the roughest run. UFC history, he, like he, he's been knocked out by a cross counter in every single one of his UFC fights. <laughs> That's so rough. Yeah, it, it's insane. Like this guy has the most counterable lead hand I've ever seen. He just sticks it out there and has his left shoulder so low. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, <laughs> and, and like he got a guillotine choke referee stoppage in uh in 2020 like late 2020 on contender series series, yeah and then since then he has been uh if you're to believe rumors he's been cucked (laughs) and he has been knocked out uh well he didn't get knocked out by montel jackson but he got cross countered like 11 times around so that that was a it was still like montel jackson just he he doesn't finish people very much and that that was that was like classic piece of shit UFC matchmaking too because it's it's like base just took a fight at bantamweight because like he wanted he wanted to stay active and they are like okay this here is a lightweight size bantamweight that you can fight yeah a lightweight size bantamweight that's gonna beat you up for 15 minutes because you can't finish people so you're just getting even more brain damage (laughs) it was terrible uh Durden here looked pretty good to be honest yeah uh, it, it's weird because it's like he fought the biggest can in the UFC, but still, like you, you still get credit for going and knocking the guy out. I don't remember the Mokayev fight at all. Did like, did he try to like get a takedown and got like guillotine immediately? Um, I don't remember, but I would assume that's probably what happened. Yeah, because it's super fast. Uh. That fight with Jimmy Flick was pretty crazy, to be honest. Wait, actually, yeah, Makayev did like a flying knee and then and fucked him up or some shit, and then no, oh, yeah, him. that sounds like. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Durden is a is a solid addition to to flyweight that it's always in need of talent after they ruined the whole division for no reason at all. Now we used yeah. to have such a solid division, and then Dana White was Dana White, so. Yeah, right now it would have a pretty sick lineup if they hadn't cut most of the division. And they they didn't even get most of them back. That was the worst part. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, pretty sure base is cut right now, right? Oh, he totally deserves to be cut. I don't think he should have been allowed in the UFC. I mean, it's it's one of those contender series guys that gets a quick finish and. Who the hell know if they are ready for the UFC? And he clearly was not. No, I I think his chin is too bad at flyweight, and he's very slow, and his defense is flat out like detrimental. He has uh, he has defense that draws him into getting punched worse. Yeah, he's decent offensively, but but that bad of defense doesn't cut it in in good divisions. So he's in trouble. I think he should go back to like LFA or something he also like got finished in contender series before 
he won a contract and that receiver, so yeah, not not a good sign. What would you do with Jordan next? Uh, like a very small step up. If they hadn't cut Moutinho, I'd say give him Moutinho at bantamweight or something, just just as like a a random fight. But I don't know. It's weird because he you can't really get a slight step up. Like he's the second the, the, lowest ranked guy in the division, probably right. The division is super shallow. Yeah. Yeah. So if his next fight, he's probably fighting someone ranked. Who is on the on the lower half of the rankings? I don't know. Let me check real quick here. We are very well prepared for this one. Yeah. I mean that that's that's the appeal. It's the Happy Fun Time podcast. It's rough because the top 15 is very solid. Like you have Jeffrey Molina and Ulan Bekov on the uh, both would fuck up Cody Durden, I think. Yeah, they're very bad matchups. Um but he could fight like Sumo Derji. Yeah, that'd be cool. I could I could see that being competitive. Uh, I mean, maybe for he a little while at least. Yeah, maybe he just lays on top of him and wins. So Or if they want to do like the mirror match, they can do the team elite fight. I don't know. Yeah. Chanel lose, lost his last fight, right? Yeah. Ah, yeah, so. he got got to meet by Royal. Um they can do that as well. I mean, Chanel has too much of a high rank, but it is flyweight. Dude. <laughs> There's not more people over there. So. so what happened next in the card? Uh, Sergey Morozov versus Holly and Paiva. Uh, I remember being a little shaky on who who won the decision. I think like Paiva had a good argument. It was just kind of Paiva doing straights and eventually figuring out how to counter uh, Morozov's left hook. While Morozov was just throwing left hooks, and then eventually figured out that he could jab. So yeah. then he started getting cross countered, and it was just like a like anytime Morozov jabbed, he got cross countered. Anytime Paiva did anything, he got left hooks. I wanted I wanted Paiva to win, but I think the the decision was fair. Like Paiva did so little yeah. on the third round. He landed the better strikes, but the volume was not there at all. That's fair. Like, yeah, Morozov was more active, and he was landing decent stuff. Um, Both guys are decent. Uh, I'm okay. Uh, they're exciting too. I'm cool seeing them fight. Uh, what should be next for Paiva? Hard to tell, right? Because yeah, because he's like definitely probably the best guy of his ranking spot. But I can't think of many more guys he would be. I think he just reached his ceiling. He could fight like. I mean, the UFC doesn't like to do the winner versus loser a lot, but he could fight, like, with Canetti, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, that would make sense, yeah. I like that one. Who could fight Morozov, like? Uh, would you like a Cody Stamen fight? I think I would. Uh, you could also give Morozov someone like... Um, shit. What, what's his name? The guy that just beat the fuck out of... Uh, the really old, like like thirty five year old Brazilian counterpuncher. Oh, oh, which one? loves him because Morozov just lost just lost to Douglas da Silva and Trat. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the other the other one. There's three at at Bantamweight or four <laughs> if you count the Sun Tzu. <laughs> It was a pretty vague description. Which other one is? I, I can't I, recall. He's, right he's like ranked 15 or something. He just got volumed up. It was like... Uh, I can't remember it. The the Josh Barnett uh, student. That that rings a bell, I think. <laughs> yeah, I he has such a generic name that I'm like forgetting his name. Oh, man. I, I'm so I'm, close. I'm a huge fan of him. I'm so close to remember who that is, but... Let me check like every every Bantamway fighter right now in the UFC. Hani Barcelos, his opponent. Oh, Hani. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would be good. That'd be good. Yeah, give him Hani or Hani Barcelos' opponent that, that fucked him up. Oh, the, that guy that... I, I did tape study on that guy. Um, He's good. And I don't know, he, he looked like shit on tape and then he, he happened to be very good. <laughs> he looked so good in that fight, yeah. 
I want to I want to see that guy fight again soon. Um, what's his name again? This weird uh, American guy, uh, Victor Henry. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That... See, it's the most generic American name I've ever yeah. heard in my life. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. I I'm up for that. Yeah, Let's watch that'd that. be a great fight. And then uh, Shelian Nardian Beke fought T.J. Brown. Not super eventful. It was like a good fight, but. I just didn't really care. I, was, I think you could have argued that it was the very gritty. Card was wrong. It yeah, was very definitely. gritty. Um, yeah, I think uh, I'm okay with the decision, but yeah, I don't mind it. Both guys very good. I mean, not like not like elite level, but but if 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 this is like the, the low level of your division looks like it's because your division is doing very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Nurdan um, he's so athletic. He's like a unit. <laughs> he's so strong. Yeah, he's almost fifty fights into his career. <laughs> it's insane. That this he's Chinese, right? Um, these Chinese guys come to the UFC with like a hundred fights, and they are not shot somehow. <laughs> Some good vitamins going on there. <laughs> and Brown is Brown is decent too. Um, he can do it all. He's crappy. Um, who would you match these guys against? I don't know. For TJ Brown, I think TJ Brown might just need to be out of the UFC for a little while because, like, he's not bad at all. Uh, I mean, he beat Charles Rosa and Kai Kamaka, but he's just underwhelming and looks like he needs to have more experience because he's like sixteen and nine in the UFC, like yeah, five could, fights in his UFC career. He could bat his record a little bit. Yeah, because like you're not gonna get into the elite matchups with like a 17 and 10 record. Yeah. Yeah. What about the? Uh, I think uh, Shailian could fight like. I don't know, Kulivao. Oh, that would be, be a good one. That would be that a good sense. fight, right? Yeah. Yeah, that or like. I don't know. Uh, it, it would be really overranked, but like Shane Burgos, since Burgos just kind of needs like a fight that's winnable, but it, he isn't going to get murdered and guaranteed. I mean, Burgos is coming off a win, so probably not. So. That's, that's fair. Yeah. Um, or he could fight like the the loser of of Billy Q versus the other Billy. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that that would be fun. I mean, yeah. fairweight, fairweight is. You can't go wrong at featherweight and bantamweight. You just say any name and the fight, the fight is good. And and uh, at, before that or after that, we had Carlos Olberg versus Tafan Nachukwi. Tafan just got dinged by a left hook, and then Olberg followed up. It was pretty uneventful. Yeah, it was the the kickboxer gets caught throwing a low kick from super up close. It happens so often. It's so stupid. Like, like, why don't they le- learn this lesson? I don't know. Especially when you have like the Chukwi's frame, because yeah, Olberg is way taller. Like, you maybe assume that he has has the ability to left hook you when you're that close to him, just trying to calf yeah. kick. Chukwi was like trying to to calf kick like from super up close, and not really moving his head. And Oliver still to me looks like not good, but, yeah, but he's he big bad. and he's athletic, so some knockouts will happen sometimes like this one. Uh, I hope Chukwi gets another fight. I I know he's on a two fight losing streak, but but he's decent when he's doing his stuff, and and Oliver. Any name in mind for him? Uh, I think you could give either guy Eric Anders because he's a step up or or, or sideways. Uh, I, I think he's a step up for Nachukwi, but like a more winnable step up. And then I think Olberg, he's a more losable step up. Yeah, I think or step should... sideways, maybe. I don't know, it's weird. Eric Anders is hard to assess. I think Tefon like, beats uh, Anders. Pretty handy, I think. I think Olberg might struggle with him really badly, even though I think Anders is not very good. 
No, Anders, especially he's getting all super fast right now. Mm -hmm. I do hope he keeps fighting at light heavyweight instead of middleweight though. Like the the cut the the weight cut is not good for him. I think. I agree. And then, yeah. then we have the action man Chris Curtis beating Rodolfo Vieira. And this one was fun. This one was good. I mean, Curtis showed very solid takedown defense on this one. Uh, yeah, it was like and, 19 out of 19 or something. Yeah, it was great. And at first, he was not doing anything with that and was letting like Vieira like, hit him in the face. And then he realized, like, okay, I can strike too. And then he beat his ass. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, he was getting like really crafty body shots. He he just fucking understand. He's he might be the best left-handed uh like body shotter in the sport. Yeah, it might be. I mean the that that rear uppercut was was beautiful. Yeah, he has a lot of different tools. Like he has a long straight he can land. He has a really short one. He can like land tight uppercuts. He, he has really smart timing about it. He he gets people to stop level changing at him and he gets underhooks with his uppercuts he, he his can right, counter his with his left hook to the body is crazy good yeah yeah and and he has the the counters of of the slips so that's that's very cool to always always love to see like ripping the body off the slips always um so yeah i mean who would you bat curtis against because he has very solid wins like like I mean, he's running out of non non top fifteen guys to beat at this at this moment. I Would think maybe give him the winner of the Uriah Hall's next fight. Oh, against Under uh, Muniz. Yeah, I think if Muniz wins, he's going to get a bigger fight probably. Maybe. Um, I was thinking the if he's not getting a shot at uh, he. Oh no, yeah, that's right. He could get the winner of Tavares versus uh, Duplessis. That'd be a good one, too. Yeah, I mean, because the winner of that is going to be ranked as well. Mm -hmm. um, or you can let him, like, kill Chris Whiteman if Whiteman still, still wants to fight. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the most fucking brutal matchmaking I've ever seen. <laughs> okay, Chris, here's a guy that you want to take down. <laughs> Uh, do you cut Vieira or I would say uh, keep him? Yeah, he looked really improved in the striking in his last two fights. Yeah, and, and the and the the wrestling wasn't bad here. It's yeah, just, it was Curtis mostly just like very solid. Yeah, and that was his only win condition against Curtis. So Curtis just shut it down and focused on that, and then started getting his like. I think if it was just a boxing match, Curtis would have knocked him out in a round, but. Chris Curtis had to worry about the grappling, so he, he kind of measured himself a little bit. Yeah. Uh, if Vieira um, could get, like, the loser of Hall versus Muniz. That would work, yeah. I, I would just like to see Vieira versus Muniz. Like, yeah, funny. yeah, I want to see those guys, like, scrambling the ground. Vieira uh, probably exploits, though, because Muniz has a very, like, MMA uh, grappling style. So Birak can probably shut him down. Yeah, uh, until he gets armbarred from back control. <laughs> it's so weird how he gets keep getting away with that. <laughs> you just get tired of shit and then uh, get armbarred uh, the from funny, back control. The funny thing about Muniz is that he submits everyone except like uh, Ahoyo, and he's so <laughs> bad. <laughs> but he did not submit that guy. So I, I. I guess that's the BJJ CEO right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right now Chris Curtis uh, is the owner of, of Southpaw Boxing and uh, <laughs> co-affiliate of Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, he's like second in charge after Fluffy Hernandez. So. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Kevin Holland knocked out Fluffy Hernandez and Jock Ray. So, so Kevin Holland is actually CEO of Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, he, That's he's why he's the he, founder. <laughs> he's he's Helio Gracie himself. <laughs> <laughs> A red belt in Jiu Jitsu. Kevin Holland is. That's that's the most 
the most important conclusion of this whole podcast, I think. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I've ran that joke by a few people, but <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you liked it. So, next was Phantomweight again. We have yeah. Umar, and this guy seems to have like a well-known last name. <laughs> yeah, uh, some dude. And he followed Nate Maness, and it was Umar like beating his ass the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> It was the most tepid fight on the card for me, even though it was a very wide victory for an elite fighter. It was like, like Nurmagomedov wasn't very... He was solid from top position, but it was not very exciting. He was content of holding and landing like enough ground and pound to not get stood up. Yeah, it, from an analysis standpoint, there's not really that much to say about the fight. It was a guy that is worse at grappling in conceded position versus a guy that could have done a lot if he actually really pressed it. And kind of did later in the rounds when he, he had less time to risk losing. So so who who does Umar fight next? Uh, They're, they're probably going to want him to fight someone just outside the top 10 uh, on, you can give them the loser of uh, of O'Malley versus Pedro but I don't see them giving him that fight if it's O'Malley that loses yeah yeah, I, I can see them giving him Pedro if Pedro loses for sure Yeah, and Pedro's uh, rough for him I think yeah Pedro's very rough for him uh, unless he's like really losing a step by this point you never yeah, know yeah yeah um, they could also like match him up against uh, the winner or the loser of uh, Jack Shore versus Ricky Simon. Oh, that'd be a great one. Yeah, because the, the the matchup would be very interesting. It's just two guys that he doesn't have the luxury of just laying on top of. Yeah, uh, and and Nate Manis is like, he's not bad at all. No, he's he's, he's solid. He's good. Had a terrible matchup. I could see Nate Manis versus, like, Valiev. Yeah, yeah, that, that would be, like, a more forgiving version of this matchup. Uh, Nate Manis Give him more could, opportunities to strike. He could fight, like, like, um, no, uh, Martinez. It would oh, be, be a, a fun striking fight. But yeah, I mean, good fight. Um, interesting to see what, how Nurmagomedov uh, does against the rest of the top 15. Uh, I would say, like, make Umar fight uh, the other Nurmagomedov just to just to get rid of one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Umar versus Saeed. Saeed, yeah. Winner stays in the UFC. <laughs> no, not enough room to for two... Both of them are cousins to Khabib, or just Umar? I th- I don't know. Isn't one of them the brother, and one of them isn't related at all? Is Umar a brother? I, I think, I think there's just a guy go- that has a different last name than Nurmagomedov, who's a cousin. I don't know. There's there's a lot of it, it, there's a lot of people that are at least adjacent Kay. to being related to Khabib. Umar Umar is the cousin of, okay. of Khabib. Um, Said, I think, is the one that is unrelated. like unrelated. Unrelated, yeah. Yeah, he's the one that's unrelated. Okay. Okay, let, let's get. Oh, Said has a fight, actually. He's going to fight Douglas Silva then trap. Oh, that's a good fight. Yeah, <laughs> that should be bonkers. Uh, so, um, next. Yeah, yeah, we got Tiago Moises versus Christos Jagos. It was a standing stand rear naked choke, right? Yeah, it was the most, uh, like, like predictable outcome once the, you see how the fight starts, because Giagos just hit him hard, and then Moises fell into the clinch off of getting hit really hard, and it was like, oh, I'm going to get the back, and then he got the back and just sat on there and then finished him uh, after, like, two minutes of just fighting the hands. Like, Giagos wasn't fighting the position, he was just denying the hand fight yeah and that's not gonna work for very long against a guy like Moises who I, I I'm not huge on Moises personally just to like be clear I think he's kind of annoying I I consider him to be Tyron Woodley like but he is definitely like good enough to where he's gonna submit you if, if you've got uh if you just like let him have your back for a while 
Yeah, and I think the the fight against that the fight against Alvarez did a number on on Moise's confidence on his striking. Yeah, he he didn't want to strike on this one, and Yelis is not like a super dangerous striker. I mean, he he has pop, but but like what Yelis likes to do in most fights is wrestle. Mm-hmm. So not a good sign for Moises moving forward. I think that he got tacked here because he he wasn't willing to strike. I think he's he's kind of shook still. Maybe this this victory helps him to to be more more confident on the next one. Um, I think Moises look his best on the on the what's his name the guy that that killed Darius uh, Alexander Hernandez. Hernandez, yeah. I think he looked pretty solid on that one uh, against Bobby Green. Even though he didn't, he didn't win that fight. Uh, yeah, my, a issue robbery, with the Her- but... my issue with the Hernandez fight is that I think he lost the first round to Hernandez on inactivity. Yeah, and, and, and Hernandez like looks good sometimes. Yeah, that was not he, one of like those times. <laughs> yeah, it, it was an overperformance by Hernandez that I shouldn't hold too much against Moises, but it really just. That's the fight that first made me think. Oh, Moises is tired of Woodley. He just he just parries and then does a counter, <laughs> and and gets put on the fence and elbowed. You know, because <laughs> then he got knocked out by a guy that just walked up and fucking Nate Marquarded him. Yeah, the, the fucking Tekken combo. <laughs> yeah. You can't hand fight an elbow. The elbow's just gonna fucking go over it. You know. You can't can't fight an elbow because it's not a hand. It is. An yeah, elbow. it's an elbow. <laughs> <laughs> you. you pay- carry the hand and you fucking eat an elbow it's, it's just an inherent flaw with such a defensive style that's really handsy yeah but I would, what would you give Moises next I would say uh, I would say fuck it give him like Guram <laughs> oh Jesus Christ that's a that's a rough one for him but he actually might take it yeah I think or they, I, they might give it to him yeah and and the UFC is, are, are the kind of guys that just make that kind of fights they they're not trying to protect anyone out there. No. Uh, yeah. Does Jagos get another fight? I think Jagos should be cut because he's like, like not because he's not good enough to be in the UFC, but just because when you're past it, why keep him there? Like he's never going to be the champion, and he could be like the belt or number three contender, or or like go to uh, PFL and maybe win that. That's just a bunch of wrestle boxers at uh, PFL's lightweight division. Yeah, he's like, he's like up there in experience, and probably not going to improve from here on. Um, if he if he stays on the UFC and keeps getting like low level fights, he's going to keep winning. But um, what's the point at uh, that stage? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. he can go to Bellator probably make like more money <laughs> mm-hmm. because the, those kind of guys like Yagos, they they keep making shit money for the whole career in the UFC. Yeah, if he was a guy that was actually getting paid being in the UFC, I'd be like, oh, stay, but nah, it's just more notability. Yeah, uh, he can go, like, to PFL and get better paid than the UFC. Yeah. And he might actually be, like, if he just gets the right matchups, he could win the PFL tournament, you know? <laughs> be a millionaire. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Chris Ostrogos should go to PFL. That's the another t- main takeaway from this podcast. That's the matchmaking. <laughs> Oh my god, and and we thought we, we were seeing bad fights, but the next one was Josh Parisian beating Alain Bador. Uh, Sloppy banger. I mean, it, it was, was great. it was fun, but it was so bad. <laughs> no, it was great. Like, I, I remember nothing tactically about the fight, because nothing was just, like, nothing... Uh, interesting happened. It was just no, like one, a lot of stuff. One interesting thing happened. Uh, Bodod was jabbing, and after the jab, was throwing like a hammer fist because he doesn't know how to throw a straight right hand. And and everyone was saying like, "Oh, Bodod's so stupid. Why he's throwing that hand like that?" And the Parisian tried like the slowest spinning back fist of all time, and he got dropped <laughs> with with that oh, back yeah, fist yeah. to like the back of the head. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Bodo is the type of fighter that will definitely hit you in the back of the head accidentally all the time, <laughs> just by nature of his mechanics. Hilarious. And then Parisian, like, mounted a comeback because Bodo, of course, doesn't know how to wrestle at all because he's French. 
and he trans he trains with Fernando Lopez and and those guys don't learn anything like <laughs> no they they don't they don't train uh, anything but doing heel hooks and you know Alberto <laughs> hasn't gotten to that point heel the, hooks and knee bars all you gotta do yeah and uh, hopefully you have like a striking background before that because if not you're like on your own you know mm-hmm. yeah for matchmaking there's not even really much we can say for this uh, I say give Josh Parisian Chase Sherman Oh, Chase and Sherman actually has a fight. I don't know why, because he's like on a ten fight losing streak. <laughs> uh, give him Chase uh, no, Sherman. I like Chase Regardless Sherman. of if he wins <laughs> or loses his next fight. Okay, I'm I'm fine with that. <laughs> and then give Alan Badeau, uh out uh, someone outside the UFC, like an LFA, like heavyweight championship fight or something. <laughs> or or always make the, the smart choice when you leave the UFC and go to PFL. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone yeah. just go to PFL. Yeah, honestly, Alan Bodo might be Fabricio Verdum at this point. <laughs> just hits him with the stupid back, the, the stupid hammer fist. On the yeah, beat. yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, back to a elite matchup, Shavkat Rachmanov uh, kind of dumpstered Neil Magny. In a really predictable way. Yeah, he beat his shit. <laughs> and Magni, from, like, like... the first 20 seconds, it was clear what was going to happen. Zero takedown defense by Magni, like... Just getting, like, very sloppy kicks caught, and then just <laughs> drop on his ass. <laughs> yeah, he was like, oh, I'm fighting a pressuring wrestler that is good at catching kicks and great at passing legs whenever someone falls flat on so their back. So, I'm going to throw, like, my very shitty, like... 70s kung fu film kicks. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna do back uh, back foot kicking. That's I as Neil Magny. That is my main strength. <laughs> that that's the key to victory. I think I I think Magny like bought into the hype somehow because he felt so bad. Yeah, he seemed like kind of terrified, justifiably so, because it's a nightmare matchup for him. But normally Neil Magny doesn't expect people to be a nightmare matchup and look surprised here he did not look surprised also like i always forget that the uh, magni's uh, nickname is the haitian sensation <laughs> and and at the first time because bruce buffer like makes his biggest efforts to just say asian like from asia and and I was like, why they call him Neil Magny, the Asian sensation? Like, this guy, is this guy like half Chinese or what? Yeah, it's a fucking sick nickname, though. Yeah, it's very good, but I was very confused at first. Uh, uh, of just kicked his ass. That's, that's yeah, what happened in this fight. Yeah, not much to talk about analytically. Uh... Shavkat is good at passing legs and he is as good at the th- it, like Neil Magny got tired and then stopped defending chokes and then got submitted Ra- Shavkat just had to kind of stay on him and then the finish was imminent so uh, so who did Rachmanov call out a wonder boy right that's a good one that's a really good match for Shavkat but also gives wonder boy a little bit of room to look like wonder boy because yeah, Shavkat's kind of fucky on the feet sometimes. But he's if, very good on the feet, but he's got like de- certain liabilities. Yeah, and, and and I'm not sure he can deal with the with the karate bullshit. Like a lot of fighters get confused by that. Mm-hmm. And but maybe he just catches a kick and kills him. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's more likely at this point. So either way, I'm down. Oh, and then Neil Magny should fight Nick Diaz. <laughs> no way Nick Diaz fights Neil Magny like <laughs> he shouldn't w- but if we're if in a perfect world he would totally fight Nick Diaz right now we want you to fight Neil Magny who the fuck <laughs> who the fuck's Neil Magny okay sure <laughs> and then he goes in and gets fucking clinched up <laughs> to be honest like Nick Diaz probably like just punches him in the body a lot oh yeah <laughs> yeah he would he should fuck up Neil Magny but I'm thinking what if Neil's just like 
<laughs> like just actually, actually did a training camp while Nick Diaz just came in high as shit, no training camp. I feel like in that context, you might be able to just wear on Nick or maybe get a robbery decision. <laughs> uh, who else is there for Neil Magny? I mean, he has fought almost everyone. That's the thing. Um, yeah. Do we do the Michelle Pereira fight or what? Oh, oh, that's the perfect fight. Oh, <laughs> I hadn't even considered that. That works into Pereira's game so well, but also he might still lose. Oh, okay, that's that's the one. Yeah, because it's if if Magni like fights like well, he should tire out Pereira for sure, right? Oh yeah. And yeah, Pereira that's... could just he. I think it's possible Neil Magny is just good enough to trick Michelle Pereira into knocking him out. <laughs> yeah, Pereira is. It's not great at finishing people lately, but maybe. No. But maybe. like, if he's gonna finish anyone, it feels like Neil Magny's the type of person. He yeah, like Magny's shin can last forever. He's getting hit hard yeah. like, all the time. And he's been finished before. Uh, he's very like, you, if you can blow, if your style when it's working is blowing through people, then you're normally gonna blow through them. And Michelle Pereira used to be that so if we just get like any flash of old Pereira I think you might just knock him out yeah Pereira the the more stupid he fights the the more likely he finishes Mike me I think so that was that was Comain so finally the, the main event and this one was a very good fight uh, so we have Mateusz Gamrot versus Armand Sarukian uh, do not agree with the decision, but I like Gamrot, so I'm okay uh, with it. <laughs> yeah, I thought Sarukian won almost every round. Yeah, uh, four both or guys three. Good. At least, at the very least, three rounds. Yeah, I, I really think it's just like a kind of a matchup thing, though, because I think they both should be like tied rankings-wise at like nine. Yeah, it was clear to me that Sarukian is one of the roughest matchups uh, Gamrot can get. So, so him making it close is very encouraging. I think I would say, um, not a lot of guys can defend the takedowns that Gamrod was putting together like Sarukin did, like not at all. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, I think Gamrod probably has like better matchups overall against the lead of the division than Sarukin, just because his takedowns are better. Uh, Sarukin is very good at defending takedowns, but. Uh, that's not the meta of the division right now. Yeah, no. Uh, Sarukian, I, I think, could be annoying for someone like Dustin in particular, whereas Gamrot might... Like, his, Gamrot's striking liabilities might get him knocked out by Dustin in a way that I think Sarukian's a little insulated against by his frame. Just yeah, I think... Sarukian's, like, just kind of... Like, he's very short, so he's, just, like, pretty good at getting behind his shoulders sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I think both guys... Um, the thing, the big difference in this fight that I treated this was the the confidence in the striking. Um, Gamrod was doing good stuff, but he was so shaky. Uh, Sarukian was doing very basic stuff, but but he was very confident about it. He was striking super hard, and he was like like wide eyed and applying what he knows, and and it was a good look. I I don't think Sarukian can strike with with actual strikers just yet. He needs to mix it up with takedowns and clinches because he's he's still super basic on the feet. Um but he but the confidence allows him to to mix uh the different the different phases of MMA better than Gambrot, I would say. Uh the thing is that Gambrot is uh Gambrot, like takedown threat is a lot more more present because he has a very deep toolbox of takedowns. And actually, very good from top position too. So yeah, well, Sarukin's more just his top game is largely just get in top, like full guard, and just start getting ground and pound off, and occasionally work to side, work to half guard or side control. Yeah, Gambrud is more like, like a like a demon. Yeah, I mean the the the, the scrambles here were next level. Uh, yeah, I mean. Obviously not the next fight to make because uh, because of rankings and and that, but but any combination of the, of these two guys and Damir and Guram 
it's going to be crazy all the time. <laughs> because yeah. they're all so active and so good scrambling. Um, Gamrod wants Gagey. Would you make that? Um, I mean, Gagey's... I feel like they're probably going to match up both guys as if they won because it's one of those ones where it's a robbery but the guy who lost looked good so they'll still just treat it like he won anyways so I think it's a very good possibility he actually gets that matchup because Gaethje oh. just seems willing like he's on like, it seems like Gaethje's tilted and will just take any yeah. matchup right now it seems like Dana doesn't want that fight but, but it would be fun and, yeah. and I would say like Gamber did Saptor like just give him the, the lead matchups immediately. Yeah, and that's as close to like a striker versus grappler matchup as you can get at lightweight's top. Yeah, but lead. against against someone with very solid takedown defense, so Yeah, someone with very solid takedown defense and then someone with a good frame and like some good tools in the, in the striking. If they want to promote uh Sarukian, they give him Tony, right? Oh yeah, yeah. They, that would they fucking should, suck. They should. <laughs> they, yeah, they should give him Tony, or they should give him, uh, like, I don't know. Benny probably only is willing to fight up right now, but yeah, but also should fight Benny. But also, Benny is very dangerous for both both these guys. I mean, I, I uh, five rounds. Uh, I would pick like both, but mm -hmm. on three rounds, it's sketchy for both. Like Benny yeah, no would just what, like dangerous. yeah he, he can compete everywhere and he frankly he's less athletic but he's a better striker than both these guys yeah um, so, but yeah Saruki I I think both guys are going to fight up does Dan Hooker have a fight uh he I, he does no, right he, he's at, he's at featherweight now uh, yeah he's fighting Clay Guida I think at lightweight though yeah yeah lightweight. Clay Guida, what the fuck? <laughs> Clay Guida's gonna bully him. <laughs> it would be so silly. The I... carpenter's about to lay some goddamn like groundwork. <laughs> he's going to throw bombs on the feet too because he's oh, fuck yeah. he's on his boxing prime. <laughs> he's in his boxing prime. He's in his scrambling prime. He's in his cardio prime. His durability prime. He's just in his prime. His comeback prime. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is like his third comeback, and he's it, this is the one. Uh, it's so crazy that Clay Weather is s still decent. What? Yeah. He's way better that... than he was like five years ago too. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm glad that the last uh, fighter we're talking about on this podcast is Clay Guida. Yeah, just make... Even though he's not even on the card. Just make Clay with against Oliveira. <laughs> fuck yeah. Let's do it again. Did Oliveira submit him the first time? Yeah, oh. eating them. Like, oh, but, but it, But that was, like, old Clay Guida, right? Like, they didn't fight when they were... When when Oli was young? Or... No, no. They, they fought while Charles was in his current streak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he was just murdering people left and right. Yeah, they're like, oh, here's Clay Guida, and Clay just, like, got guillotined. I mean, he he also, like, fucking dropped him first or something, and then, like... Yeah, I think so. Yeah, all in all, pretty decent card. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. Um, very cool to see the... Both guys in the main event, the... Shafkat... Umar, even though he wasn't very exciting, but he seems to be elite. So yeah, for for a random fight night, this was very good. And people didn't have faith in the main event. Like those people were wrong all the time. Yeah, it was a definitely a very good main event, but I don't think it left like a lasting impression on me. Yeah, I mean, it makes me look forward to both fighters more than oh, definitely. than being a, like a great fight. Yeah, it was a, a, definitely a meaningful fight. Yeah, it was, it was good. Uh, good fights to look forward to. Uh, so yeah, and next fight, uh, I mean, next week we'll be back with the with the pay per view, and that should be fun because a lot of good fights. Yeah, 
the next pay-per-view is one of the better cards that's happened in the last, like, like in the last year. So that's, very solid that's card. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Even the the fights that aren't good from like a watchability standpoint are notable. Are good you matchmaking know, at the very yeah, least. Like, like, like we have Uriah Hall pretty low on the card, which means it's a good card. Yeah, yeah. It's it's going to. No way! Like all those fights suck. <laughs> no, no, that'd be a once uh, have, in a lifetime card if all those fights sucked. You have Turner versus Riddell and Max Holloway versus Bokanovsky. Like guaranteed great fights. Cannot suck. I really hope Kenyonir wins. And, and I, I don't do even too. I don't even like Kenyonir. <laughs> yeah, it would just be like funny to have yeah. the crystal guy. As a champion, Quanon guy. Yeah, yeah. He 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 loves Quanon. He loves his crystals, and he loves intimidating children that don't believe him. <laughs> best best champion ever. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm cool with that. And also, it gives Rob a path to the belt. You know, just just like all in all, good for the division. Yeah, hope hope it happens. Um, plug or Patreon please yeah uh so the fight site has a patreon that's really good it's Very got good. a shitload of fight content uh the main benefit in my opinion though is spending the extra two dollars and putting five dollars in to get into the discord where people are crazy active you can talk to most of the fight sites uh contributors on there we're mostly pretty active i'm on there in text chat all the time uh, Fanyo was on there in text chat with me uh, for like an hour before we even started recording. Like we were just all hanging out with Sriram. You know, you can talk to all of us, so it, it, we're all very accessible. Yeah, that's that's a win-win situation. Like a lot of guys like allow you to make one question a month when you subscribe to Patreon. You can actually talk to us, so that's yeah. cool. And it it's like a a $2 extra paywall to be able to ask everyone in the Discord any question you want and we'll all answer. Especially, like, very sexual questions. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it gets off topic. It's also just a fun community. So, And, and then there's voice chat uh, groupings for every single UFC event. Or almost every single UFC event. And if there aren't people in there, you could be one of those people. Yeah, for sure. So... It's great that you can just get a bunch of MMA friends. Yeah, uh, and then you do the outro. And this is the outro. I'm Fenyo. I was joined by Christian here. Um, it's good. It's good. And see you guys next week. Bye. Later.